This is Clutch Crew Sports. Hello and welcome to all. This is Zach here, back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast, we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and more. For updates about the show, visit our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Clutch Crew Sports. Hey guys, this is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Today I'm joined by Eric and Connor, and we're going to be going through a free agency recap now that most every of our top 20 players have signed. We're going to tell you guys where they signed, uh, as well as how all three of us did uh, with our predictions. We're going to talk about some of the teams that we think improved the most and some of the teams that got uh, that lost free agency. Uh, And then some of the other topics later on for today's show is we're going to talk about our most anticipated college football matchup for next season. So talking about a little bit of college football here. And we've got some current events to talk about. Eric's got a DraftKings uh, NASCAR lineup. There's another Formula One race. And uh, there's another, oh, Women's World Cup, obviously. That's coming up on Sunday, uh, the final match against the United States versus the Netherlands. So we got a, a lot to talk about there. But with that being said, let's get started here. So Paul Millsap was the number 20 guy on our list. He's going to end up staying with the Nuggets. Uh, Eric was the only one of us who got that one right. Yeah, well, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, J.J. Reddick surprised all of us by going to New Orleans. And then Terry Rozier was part of a sign-and-trade sort of deal with Boston, uh, pretty much swapping Kemba Walker for Terry Rozier. Bad so he... move, bad move. <laughs> Connor may be uh, ranting about this later. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if uh, maybe if Terry Rozier does really good, though, Connor will get an owl tattoo uh, <laughs> on his on neck. His neck. On his yeah. neck. <laughs> uh, Marcus Saul is staying with the Raptors, but I did see before we, we brought this up, uh, I saw a news story where if they don't land Kawhi, they might end up training Gasol. So while he's with the Raptors for now, it's not a guarantee for him to be with the Raptors at the start of the next season. Uh, Brooke Lopez is staying with Milwaukee. He's going to join his brother, Robin, and they're going to team up. I don't think Robin's going to play much, but... Uh, yeah, Brooks cool a better see, player. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool to see brothers uh, playing on the same team and stuff. And then uh, Malcolm Brogdon is going to Indiana. He is not going to the Bucks, which we all thought was going to happen. That that was another sign and trade, though, right? With Brogdon. Uh, I don't think that was a sign and trade because I don't think Indiana or Milwaukee got anything back from it, but. Maybe they got draft picks or something. Uh, yeah, I think I think they got draft picks, but it okay. wasn't anything significant. So okay. basically, Pacers got them straight up, pretty much. Yeah. 
uh, Julius Randle. He went to the New York Knicks. We all thought he was going to go to the Bulls. Al Horford, the mystery man of free agency, he, uh, he's going to join up with Embiid, and Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris in Philly. And then Chris Middleton and Nikola Vucevic both re-signed with their teams on pretty big contracts. Uh, we all got those two right. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was part of the sign-and-trade uh with Kevin Durant and such. So he's going to the Warriors. Kind of a surprise. We all, I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. No. If anybody got that right, I would like to see <laughs> proof of the pick before it actually happened. Yeah. Kristaps <laughs> uh, Porzingis, uh, former New York Nick, traded to the Mavericks last season. He's going to stay with the Mavericks. He hasn't played yet for him because he's battling an injury, but... They hope that him and Luka Doncic will be a nice duo for the future. Then Tobias Harris stays with Philly. Massive contract. I think like five years, 180 or something like that. Uh, Really big contract for him. DeMarcus Cousins has not announced yet where he's going to play. Big, you know, the Kawhi Leonard factor here, pretty huge on where he's going to go. He might go ring chase with the Lakers, so that's certainly a possibility, but still up in the air. And then Jimmy Butler, part of a sign-in trade with four teams, actually, uh, going to Miami. That was his preference. Uh, Should should Eric and I get a half point because we said it would be a sign-in trade? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We We predicted it. Just got the team wrong. He was a sign-in trade. Uh, and then Clay Thompson, quote, warrior for life, signing a massive contract with them. Uh, as we go down to the top four now, we both we all got these two right. Kemba Walker to the Celtics and Kyrie to the Nets. Those were two sort of reports coming out before free agency started where those two were going to go. And no surprises. No, th- those reports were accurate. And then our number one and number two players, Kawhi Leonard, obviously still not signed yet. They Come expect, on, Kawhi. You know, they expect, he expect, they're, everybody's saying that today's the day, but, I mean, it could it go all the way up to <laughs> training camp for all I know. Uh, <laughs> and then Kevin Durant uh, signed by the Nets, obviously. That was a big news on the 30th when he decided to go to the Nets. And so that wraps up kind of where everybody went in our top 20. Uh, if you're curious to see, oh, who who got the most of these right so far, there's two that haven't signed yet in the Marcus Cousins and Kawhi, but Eric's got 11 correct. Connor's got nine. Unfortunately, I'm in last again with this with the eight. So, Come on, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> well, and interesting uh, enough, I can still tie Eric if Cousins and Kawhi go where I predict, predicted them to go. So, yeah, it's not over yet, but yeah. You know, but as of this moment, I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm the best. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now that we kind of talked a little bit about uh, where everybody went. We're going to kind of each talk about a couple winners and losers of free agency now. 
And I've got two teams that I want to talk about as the winners. And okay, so one of them, one of the winners I've got is the Utah Jazz. And this isn't so much a free agency winning because they didn't, they only signed uh, Bogdanovich from Indiana and a couple of role players for free agency, but they were able to make that pre-free agency trade with Mike Conley. Uh, and their, their starting five is going to be very competent for Western Conference standards next year. As it says here on the website, their starting five is probably going to be Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert. And defensively, that's going to be a really strong team. Rudy Gobert is one defensive player of the year, I think, in back-to-back years. Mike Conley is one of the best defensive point guards in the league. Uh, Bogdanovich can play defense. And Mitchell's very good offensively. And so the Jazz, I think, they didn't just stand pat. There's a lot of teams just kind of went status quo so to say and the jazz are not one of those teams you know they've lost to houston now in back-to-back seasons in the playoffs and they weren't you know they're not content with just first round exits so they made i think a smart trade by getting conley that they signed bogdanovich and even some of these guys here ed davis i remember from his portland days a couple of years ago he was an integral piece in Portland. He was he was a starter for him. He uh, he's a great defender, and as a guy coming off the bench, he's pretty good at that. So I like that signing. Emmanuel Mudiay, he's kind of going to be, I guess, their back, their backup point guard, uh, and he's not bad for a backup. You know, Jeff Green, he's bounced around to a bunch of different teams, but he has his moments. Um, so to me, the jazz are my Western conference team that got better the most. Uh, obviously if Kawhi ends up going to the Lakers, you could argue that getting AD and Kawhi is better than all of that, but super team. <laughs> yeah, but that hasn't happened. Uh, I'll do a quick Kawhi Leonard Google search to see if I'm, yeah, I'm following the updates on Twitter right now. Okay. They said that like, uh, the quote MLSE corporate jet just landed in San Diego, arrived from Toronto. No confirmation who is on board for relation to Kawhi Leonard. Oh my god, it's crazy! All these stories. I, I will say too. I posted a very, uh, I posted a very informative tweet about Kawhi Leonard last night. I said um, that we have breaking news: Kawhi Leonard will be making his decision at some point during free agency and that I am told he will be signing with one of the 30 teams. So <laughs> just stay tuned guys. Yeah. Uh, if you want, I know that obviously yeah. that's a troll job, but it's, it's just felt like that because every time I get on Twitter, it's always oh, going to the Lakers. always oh, going to the Raptors. Oh, the Clippers are out of it. Oh wait, no, the Clippers are not out of it. I, I just, <laughs> okay. I don't believe anything anymore. So I, I, I'm just I sticking really... with that. <laughs> I should really make another uh, help find me meme here for Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard's face. Kyle it. Lowry. Yeah, where, where, uh, <laughs> where are you, Kawhi? Where, where are you doing? Uh, 
last seen, you know, in Toronto on that <laughs> helicopter thing. Drake's offered him like a record label or something with him, like partnership. It's, it's LeBron crazy. James making his pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where, yeah where's, where's LeBron? Uh, so that's well, I know where LeBron's at. He's, he's shooting Space Jam too right now. <laughs> uh, update, but, I mean, up, update on uh, Space Jam. I still have not seen it. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> we need you guys to tweet at Mr. C Dog fifty four. Watch Space Jam, uh, Connor. How many tweets would it take for you to watch uh, Space Jam if, if we get that trend? <laughs> I, I, I think it's more so just when I find the time. <laughs> like, I'm working like all the time these days. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that, that's uh, shoot. Where were? Oh, yeah, I was talking about the jazz. I think right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I don't have too much more to say about the jazz other than uh, big fan of their moves as well as this this website is a fan of their moves and another team, my number one team that got better and my early season prediction to win the East is the Philadelphia 76ers. Whoa! Yeah. Um, they've gotten significantly better, I think. Not necessarily... The guys that they brought in might not be as talented as some of the guys that they lost, but I think as a team, they're going to play better with these players than they were before. And similarly to the Jazz, this team defensively is very strong, might be the best in the league when their new starting lineup is going to be Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. And you look at, I mean, that team is tall. When you've got Ben Simmons as your point guard, he's what, 6'8", I believe? He's a really tall point guard, obviously. It's like Magic Johnson size. You've got Tobias Harris as a small forward when really he's in the past he's played as a power forward. And then you've got Al Horford as your power forward when most of the time he's playing as the center. I mean that's just that's just a massive lineup as far as height goes. Obviously, if injuries happen, you know, Embiid's been hurt a lot, that could obviously be a major reason as to why they don't end up winning the East next year. But injuries aside, this team is, I think is going to win the East. When you look at the other Eastern teams like Milwaukee, they lost Brogdon. Uh, Kawhi, if he leaves Toronto, they're obviously taking a step back. The Nets are really a year away. This is really Philly's year to win the East. They were the three seed last year. Uh, they went to game seven against Toronto when Kawhi hit that crazy lucky shot that ended up winning them the game. So they're, I think that it's not a crazy statement to say that the Sixers are going to win the East next year. But the reason why I really like their moves are while Jimmy Butler, they, they lost Jimmy Butler, but I don't view that as much of as as much as a bad thing because they were able to get Josh Richardson in return for him. And I believe 
making the move with Miami like that would have been better than making the move with Houston and picking up a guy like Clint Capella on a huge contract. You know, Richardson is actually on a pretty team-friendly contract right now, and he's a young guy, obviously a former Tennessee player, so I've got personal rooting interest in him, but he's a he's a good 3-and-D guy. He plays good defense, and his offense is improving. Uh, he's one of Dwayne Wade's favorite players for the past couple of years on the Heat. Him and Dwayne Wade have become really close, so you got to think being friends with a guy like Dwayne Wade and, and playing with him for so long, he's going to pick up some skills. So I really like that uh, move. And then Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's the guy, and I actually like him on the Heat now. I think the Heat can make the playoffs and really push a team in the first round. I don't think they'll make it past the first round. You know, I want to, like, giving, like, ceilings and floors for these teams – the ceiling I've got for Philly would be championship. The floor, like as in the worst possible scenario for Philly, I think would be uh, a second round exit. That's that's the floor I'm going to give Philly. But Dang. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> expectations. <laughs> uh, but the thing with uh, the thing with Jimmy Butler is, you know, he's an alpha dog player who really can rub people the wrong way. And he's done that in Chicago. He's done that in Minnesota. And when you've got young players like Ben Simmons, and they had Markel Fultz at the time too, it was there were so much stories coming out about how Butler was inhibiting the development of Markel Fultz and inhibiting the development of Ben Simmons. And... So you can almost say that losing Jimmy Butler is good for them in the fact that they don't have his negativity around so much. You know, in Mil- in Minnesota, famously, he demanded a trade, and there was a story where he, in the scrimmage or something with the team, he joined all the second-team players, and he, like, he joined them in the scrimmage on their team and, like, destroyed the uh, the starters with Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. And, you know, he's he's not a guy that really is a team-friendly guy. He's he's like a kind of like an all-for-himself type of guy, and, and he demands that people be on his level and stuff. So I'm, I'm actually okay with them losing out on him and picking up a guy like Richardson who's – you know, got chemistry with Tobias Harris playing in college together. Tobias Harris, also another former Tennessee volunteer. So, you know, I, I really do like the direction that Philly's going. And, like, I'll, I'll really quickly, before I hand it over to these guys, I'll do a ceiling and floor for the Jazz. The Jazz ceiling, I'm going to say NBA Finals. Not an NBA Finals uh, ring, but just making it to the Finals would be their ceiling. And I think their floor would be a second round exit. So that's my ceiling and floors. Big predictions for, for the Jazz yeah, too. There, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really high in the Jazz. Um, but the West is so talented that, that it's they, hard. <laughs> yeah. But I, I definitely don't think 
that they're going to miss that they're going to lose in the first round again like they did last year. I think they've gotten better enough to move past that. So, but who knows how much further they could go. So, those are my teams to talk about and I'll let the as winners. Guys, yeah, yeah. I'll Oh, yeah. Shoot, I didn't even talk about the loser. <laughs> so, really quickly here, um the loser team that I'm going to talk about is going to be the Knicks because while their team on paper might've gotten better and obviously they had the worst record in the NBA last year. So there's like, like you would, you would say that they're going to win more games than they did last season. But by having to settle for Julius Randall and having to settle for Taj Gibson and not offering Kevin Durant the max losing these players that you were supposed to get to your rival Brooklyn Nets, it's a bad look. It's all, it's just bad look after bad look. Very Knicks-esque. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just having to sign a lot of these guys to two-year, 30 million deals, you're like, huh? Who are these people? Uh, that's kind of the moves the Knicks have been making. And then also, apparently... News is out that the Knicks declined a meeting with Kawhi Leonard because they were afraid that if they agreed to meet with Kawhi, then it would hurt their chances to sign other superstars. But if they didn't offer Kevin Durant the max, did they really expect to get him? So it's just another puzzling story after puzzling story. The Knicks have gotten worse, uh, especially their expectations. You know, the expectation of Zion, Kyrie, KD to now the reality of uh, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Taj Gibson. I mean, that's like night and day difference. The The comparison between those two potential teams, you know, maybe in maybe in another universe the Knicks, are, Knicks got all these guys, but in this one they didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, maybe an alternate reality or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for that, I've got the Knicks as my team that did the worst in free agency so yeah and to kind of branch off of what zach said because the knicks were a team i considered picking as my loser also though i'm sure they're going to have a better year this year than they did last year so in that aspect you could say they got better like i'm sure they're not gonna i forgot how many games they won last year i know it wasn't very many 15. but 15 yeah so but for me, even still, despite their moves, they made like my ceiling for them would be like getting the eighth seed in the East and losing in the first round. Like that's the highest I could see them getting. And their floor would be to be just about as bad as they were last year, maybe a little bit better than that. But my problem with the Knicks wasn't necessarily that they, you know, signed all these people after not getting Durant and Kyrie and, Kawhi and stuff like that but they gave these players multiple year deals with fairly high salaries so whenever there becomes a next wave of high tier free agents available they're not going to be able to afford to make any big moves and then they're going to be stuck in mediocrity so unless they're able to trade a bunch of them so that's why I viewed them as losers because of free agency because I just feel like they 
they may be getting slightly better in the short term, but I feel like they're really hurting themselves long term. So other than the Julius Randle move, I didn't really care for any of the players they brought in. So I just overall did not like the Knicks moves at all. And then I see Zach's put on the screen, uh, the Indiana Pacers. That's the team I want to talk about. I feel like the Indiana Pacers probably got the most better or got got better the most in terms of a sneaky type of factor. Like, I feel like people are really underrating the moves that they, I think they got better, but nobody's really talking about it. They did lose Bogdanovich and Thaddeus Young, but while those are, you know, solid players, I don't think they're necessarily hurting by losing them. And I feel like getting Malcolm Brogdon, which that was one of the biggest shocks for me and free agency out of our 20 players that we did. I figured for sure he was going to the Bucks. He was going to stay there. If we had had to rate our one to 20, like each one give like a confidence meter for each one. Brogdon would have been fairly close, maybe not at the very top of the list, but he would have been close to the top of my list on confidence and staying with the Bucks. So I think the Pacers got a steal by getting him. And his contract's fairly high, but it's definitely not as high as some of these other contracts that were made. There were some, like the Tobias Harris, $180 million, Chris Middleton, $178 million. I mean, those are insane contracts. So getting Brogdon for four years, $85 million is significantly less so i i think the pacers got a great value by getting him i think jeremy lamb is a solid player and they got him for not too expensive either and then i also thought they had a brilliant move earlier when they traded the phoenix suns when they traded for tj warren and got a draft pick and basically gave up nothing i think they gave up like a second round pick or cash considerations or some garbage like that. I mean, so I think the Pacers got significantly better. I thought it was kind of funny though. One of the websites I was looking at when I was going through all the free agency moves said that the Pacers hurt themselves. And in the Vegas odds, they dropped from 10 to one to win the championship to 75 to one, which that to me makes no sense. I was actually pulling that one up yeah. too on the screen. Like, I don't see how you go from upgrading your point guard and getting significantly better at small forward, and then that drops your odds of winning by sixty-five points. Like that, I'm baffled by that. But, what? You know, well, well, okay, okay, whatever. Like, so with the ceiling and floor thing, as Zach mentioned, the Nets are definitely a year away. And the 76ers probably do have the best chance to win the East, but they've always, they've been, they've had a lot of injury concerns, especially with Embiid in the past. So <clears throat> if some injuries were to happen to the 76ers and if the Raptors lose Kawhi, I'm going to give the Indiana Pacers the ceiling of Eastern Conference Finals. I think they have a great chance. Now, they're going to need everything to fall in place for them to make that happen, but I'm going to set their floor as a second round exit. So basically about the same. I, I think they have a solid team and are going to have a great season, even though nobody talked about them. 
uh, with their free agency moves. My team that got worse, <coughs> I'm going to have to... Uh, I The Knicks were obviously one I considered, but I'm going to have to go with the Sacramento Kings. I think in terms of best and worst contracts, I think they gave up... I think they have one of the worst contract signings of this whole free agency by giving Harrison Barnes four years... I believe the official number is like $88 million. It's fluctuated, but giving a average player like Harrison Barnes $22 million is a, a terrible mistake, in my opinion. As Connor mentioned in the last one, he's a North Carolina guy, which Connor likes, but even still, Connor <laughs> doesn't really like him. So, well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> not for I that mean, contract anyway. I like him as a player, anyway. but I know yeah. he's not. You know, he's not worth that much money. Yeah, for sure. not for that, not for that contract. And <laughs> and then uh, another move that really baffled me for the Kings was giving Dwayne Deadman a three-year, forty million dollar contract. I'm like, I've barely seen this guy do anything in the NBA, and you're going to give him. Thirteen million dollars a year. I, I don't know. And then Trevor Ariza has been a solid player in the past, but to give him a two-year deal worth twelve and a half million per year, th- this situation is very similar to me as the Knicks <laughs> in terms of the fact that maybe a couple of these moves they made will help them in the short short term. But by giving these guys multi-year deals, they're <laughs> they're not going to have room to be able to make any big moves in the future. So I know the Kings almost made the playoffs last year, so I will give them a ceiling of a first-round playoff exit, but I could see them doing worse than they did last year because they they finished number nine overall in the West, but the Lakers are obviously going to be better than they were last year, whether they get Kawhi or not. And I just, I don't, I don't even know if the Kings will be able to make the playoffs despite their moves. I just, I feel like these moves were very mediocre and I just overall was not impressed, especially with the Harrison Barnes. Like I said, I feel like that could go down as the worst contract of this free agency period. So that's it for my moves. And I will let Connor share who he thought was best and worst. So, for my team that got better, I mean, one of us had to talk about them eventually, but the Brooklyn Nets seemed like an obvious choice here. I mean, when you go through an off, you're coming off a season where they were, I think they finished sixth in the Eastern Conference, so they made the playoffs. And to only improve in the offseason by getting Kyrie Irving and Kawhi, Le- I mean, Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> Kevin Durant. Um, but that's only going to improve your team. I mean, Obviously, Kevin Durant's not going to play this year with the torn Achilles injury, so they are going to have to wait a year to have him. Um, but they also picked up DeAndre Jordan in the offseason as well. So even though you know he's a he adds a big man to the lineup, which they which they kind of needed, so he adds that other element to their team. And to go along with, obviously, Tareen Prince is going to be taking over the small forward duties while Kevin Durant is injured, and he's a decent player. And so, I mean, he averages about 14 points a game, so he can he can be a good substitute. Obviously, no one's a really a substitute for Kevin Durant, but he he can do well. And if I'm talking about a ceiling and a floor next season, I think 
they the Nets definitely have a ceiling of NBA Finals for sure with Kevin Durant back in the lineup, and and then probably but this year I'd say their ceiling is probably probably making it to the East Finals. I'd say not necessarily winning it, but making the East Finals. And then, because Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan will help <laughs> improve the team, uh, and I just don't think they have enough pieces without Kevin Durant to win the finals. And then probably a floor of first round exit. I don't see any way that they miss the playoffs, and because obviously the East is a bit easier of a uh, conference than the West is. So, yeah, I think a first round exit for a floor Eastern Conference Finals for a ceiling. But next season, NBA Finals, maybe maybe not quite winning. I'm not going to predict that yet. But making the NBA considering, Finals next season. Considering <laughs> yeah. that we haven't even played at all for next season. Yeah, right. We, we don't know who they're going to have next ahead. season. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I still think with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, NBA Finals next season, and a floor of probably, honestly, this is probably big, but I think a an Eastern Conference Finals is their floor next year. I think anything else would be a disappointment without yeah, with, I, with all I the agree, players. I agree with that. Um, so then for teams, for my team, they got worse. Uh, you guys heard me rant about them last time, and I'm going to rant about them again. The Charlotte Hornets, I mean, just losing Kemba Walker, not Michael Jordan. What are you doing, man? Why did you not offer Kemba Walker the max? I mean, or the super max, just, and they gave him about, you know, an offer of 50 to 60 million less than what he would be making if they offered him the super max. And Kemba was like, no, screw off. Clearly you don't value me at all. And they obviously lost lamb too, which there goes your other offensive player. And in (laughs) in response to losing Walker and lamb, you bring in Terry Rosier like we mentioned before, and who knows, man, maybe I will have to get an owl tattooed on my neck if he <laughs> comes through, <laughs> but I highly doubt that. And so just for, you know, it's not a bad contract. I mean, three years, 58 million, they didn't give him anything outrageous. So hopefully next well, year, what? Yeah. I said that they have to pay somebody, you know, and they, yeah, they can't well, just... I mean, I know they're, they're, they're already that, paying but, Nicholas Batum yeah. a ton of money for some odd reason. So, <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, man. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, just that combined with their draft that they had this year, where I, I think I mentioned this last time too, that they drafted three forwards when what they really needed was guards. I mean, they needed a forward, a power forward, and they got that with PJ Washington, but. Then to go and draft two more forwards after that, it's just like, what? Why aren't you drafting a guard? Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, I, think they were, I think they were just a little bit too overconfident that they were going to keep Kemba Walker. Um, so then, yeah, so, I mean, the the Hornets, they were the number nine team in the East last year. Uh, but if I have to give them a ceiling for this season, probably around that probably around 10th or 11th in the East if everything goes right. But I don't think they're really going to contend for a playoff spot. And then I'd almost have to give them a floor of kind of like how the Cavaliers and Knicks were last year. I mean, with all the bad things they did this offseason, they certainly have the potential to be one of the worst, if not the worst team in the East this year. 
So, very, yeah, very, I mean, very, they very bad tank, to be honest. I mean, yeah. <laughs> try and get that lottery pick for next season, get the number one pick. That would be the best call for them. And yeah. Maybe, maybe consider not letting Michael Jordan handle free agency next year. <laughs> well, Connor, I don't know if you saw on the screen. Oh, yeah, that was actually yeah. got to back up. If you're wanting to know what to do, just go outside, take a walk, read a book, and enjoy a taco. That That's how you have to handle this. Uh, got to go to Taco Bell and get some uh, Mountain Dew as well. Oh, yeah, you love your Mountain Dew. <laughs> One day, Connor... Connor's going to sponsor Mountain Dew or something. Cause... <laughs> That's going to be the sponsor oh, for this Mountain podcast. Dew is going to sponsor him. <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking all their products. <laughs> um, we'll, do, yeah, like, video, so... we'll do videos one day and Connor will like have a Mountain Dew beside him for when the camera oh, pans yeah. to him. <laughs> Mountain Dew, if you're smiling. listening to this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, so so that kind of wraps up our free agency take. Uh, so obviously, you know, pretty significant deals with these teams, like going from potential first-round exits to now being finals contenders, you know. So, uh, But as far as the NBA goes, you've got the Summer League upcoming. Meh. Uh, yeah, so that I mean that's like the only news, so to say, coming out of the NBA until Kawhi decides that'll be news. But uh, so let me, let me check on Twitter real quick, see if he has <laughs> done anything yet. Let's well, see if we get a live trust, update here. I, live I wouldn't update. trust Twitter at all. I was seeing like last week they were saying or a few days ago. It feels like it's been like a month, but uh, they're like done deal Kawhi to the Lakers. Oh, well, that years. was. There was Jalen Rose who came out and said he was like 99% certain that Kawhi was going to the Raptors. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> uh, so I don't trust Twitter with Kawhi news, but uh, <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, I'm now I don't trust yet, anybody. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'd be a real shocker if he uh, if he goes to the Clippers. That'd be like the ultimate like puzzling because uh, everybody said that the Clippers are out. But if he ends up going to the Clippers, that'll be like the ultimate troll. Um, so, like I said, the NBA is kind of dying down in its news and significance in this time of year. But we do have college football starting back up next month. And with that being said, we do want to each give our most anticipated games of the season. So this website, the Sports Illustrated website here, gives like their best game for every week and then a couple honorable mentions but for a whole season picture my personal biggest game that I'm looking forward to is LSU in Texas and you might be thinking Texas they're they're not they haven't been relevant you know in 10 years but (laughs) but but the Texas is actually in a bit of a resurgence uh, right now. And last year we, when we did our, all three of us, we're all, we all did a capital one bowl mania, uh, bowl prediction. And we'll be sure to do that again next year when the bowl season comes around. But I want to say between all of us, we all, I know in their bowl game with uh, Georgia and the sugar bowl, we all picked Georgia. And then, I think all of us had 
you know, they have like confidence scales, like Eric was talking about before. There's like confidence scales for your picks and who wins the games. And I want to say we all had Georgia beating Texas in like our top five most confident games. So, I I mean I could be wrong, but I know we all had Georgia. I, yeah, I can I, I can look at it right now. Hold on. I had second. Georgia up. I had Georgia up pretty high, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. I did too. I yeah. had. Yeah, actually, uh, Zach. It didn't look like you had them terribly high. No. Oh wait, no, hold on. There they are. Yeah, you had them as your sixth most confident. Okay, and then I, I think I had them as my second most confident, besides the App State uh, game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I had them my third most confident, below Alabama over Oklahoma and App State over Middle Tennessee. Go Mountaineers! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Eric had them. Eric had them as his most confident: Georgia over oh, Texas. Dang. So. Yeah. And, and I was wrong. Yeah, so <laughs> we're not just talking about this as, like, you know, Texas didn't lose that game. They actually won that game that a lot of people thought was a mismatch. A lot of Georgia fans were not too worried about it, and it was one of the least anticipated uh, BCS Bowl games last year. But Texas actually, they won that game, and they won that game convincingly, too. I don't know the exact score in that game, but twenty-eight twenty-one. Okay, but it it was it felt like it was. I guess Georgia made a late comeback because it felt like. Yeah, felt yeah, it Texas was. It was at halftime. Back. It was twenty to seven for Texas. Yeah. So and, and Texas was was really surprising to me how well they played, and then you put this game at week two in the season, so this is before conference play starts up. Obviously, LSU, SEC, Texas, Big 12. Um, You know, geographically, this is a rivalry, too. Louisiana and Texas, I mean, they don't play each other every year, but uh, something tells me that LSU has no liking for Texas, and Texas has likewise has no liking for Louisiana. So LSU's known for their defense. Texas... They have that quarterback, Sam Ellinger, who's supposed to be a top quarterback next year. They have all these big-name recruits coming in. I think LSU's going to be contending for a playoff spot, as is Texas. So these are two playoff-contending teams. Early in the season, It, you know, if, if you want to put these teams on a neutral field, I would give the edge to LSU. But the game's played at Texas. I'm sure it'll be a night game. So this is really like one of those games that I don't know who's going to win if I was to predict it right now. And this could change the tide for the season. Uh, if one, if whichever team wins this is going to have huge momentum going into conference play, and whichever team loses this is going to have this on their resume, oh, you lost to Texas, or oh, you lost to LSU. So... This is my most anticipated game for the season. So, yeah, for me, a little bit farther, not too far down yet. Week four, I'm going with Notre Dame at Georgia. I'm not really a fan of either of these teams. Obviously, as a Tennessee fan, I 
don't like Georgia at all. And then I've just never been a big Notre Dame fan. But if you want a game that is going to be that's going to have huge implications on the playoffs or on the college football playoff, this is going to be a game to watch. You know, Notre Dame made the playoffs last year. Georgia came pretty close to making it. In fact, I think if Georgia beats Georgia Alabama, should have made it, probably, yeah. actually. If, if Georgia had, um, well, of course, then they lost to Texas, so then that hurt their case yeah. at the end there. But I, you know, well, they, they probably they should even, have made the playoffs instead of Oklahoma, honestly. Yeah. Probably. I think just the fact that it was just because <laughs> Georgia had the two losses, even though they were, you know, both against Alabama, that that was ultimately what made them not get in. But. Yeah, it, it could definitely be debated. So, it, you know, the, it, you could be it could be a case here where, you know, it could have just as well been that both of these teams were in the playoffs last year. So I think this is going to be a great game. And I actually watched their game that they had in 2017 when uh, Georgia barely beat them at the end of that game, 20 to 19. I remember... I remember watching that, and it looked like Notre Dame was going to win, but Georgia found a way at the end. It it wasn't super high scoring or anything, but I enjoyed watching it. So I will enjoy watching this game again. Of course, Tennessee and Florida play that week, so being a Tennessee fan, obviously, I'm going to be tuning in. And not liking Florida. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. uh, I don't. I don't have. I don't have high hopes for that game. No, I don't. Um, I don't either. I, so. I, I, I have very low expectations I for actually, Tennessee this year. I, I, real quick though, this is kind of. I actually think that they have a better shot at beating Georgia than they do Florida, just for the home and road thing because they're playing at Florida. They've got Georgia at home, and they they've beaten Georgia in the past few years more than they've beaten Florida, obviously. So, yeah, I just. I don't see Tennessee doing well this year, <laughs> sadly. Well, uh, well, and then another quick mention on, you look in the honorable mentions for week four, Appalachian State and North Carolina. My two teams here, I've been a North Carolina fan my whole life, but I'm going to college at Appalachian State. So got my, my two teams are going to be playing each other. I'm honestly not sure why this is a highly anticipated game. I mean, I know it's big for Appalachian State because they're getting to play an ACC team, but... If they play, if both teams play anything like they did last year, if Appalachian State plays like they did last year and North Carolina, I know they have the new coach this year. Obviously, they brought back Mac Brown. But if they play anything like they did last year, Appalachian State should just roll over North Carolina. I mean, Appalachian State, especially after that overtime loss to Penn State in week one, if they play anything like that, then North Carolina doesn't stand a chance in that game, I don't think. I, I agree. Yeah, and uh, that's really all I had to say, too, about the game. So I'll let Connor share his most anticipated game. <laughs> so my most anticipated game is kind of a combination of Week 8 and Week 9. It's focusing mostly on the Michigan Wolverines because <clears throat> Michigan has been such an interesting team since Jim Harbaugh got there. They always seem to be in the mix, and they always seem to be in the playoff talk. And they always have a good record when it comes down to the end of the year. But whenever they get in big games, you know, against strong teams, they never win. Whenever they play Penn State, they seem to always lose. Whenever They can't beat Ohio State. They can't beat 
Notre Dame. They can't beat what was the other Michigan State. They can't beat Michigan State. So it's going to be really interesting to see. In week eight, they have the game against Penn State. It's going to be at Penn State, so it's going to be a tough game. But that, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But the biggest one for me is going to be the game against Notre Dame because that one is going to be at home, and Notre Dame's supposed to be good again this year. So if Michigan is kind of on a run like they have been the past couple of seasons, I think because I think if they lose to Penn State, obviously it's big. But it's not going to be, well, they were playing in Pennsylvania, so it was going to be a tough game anyway. But this game, for sure, playing at the big house, they need to win that game if they're going to compete and show that they can actually beat teams that are, beat good teams and not just beat teams like Illinois and Wisconsin and all the other weaker Big Ten teams. So I think that's going to be my big game, Notre Dame at Michigan. And obviously, Notre Dame and Michigan are big rivals, so they're going to go all yeah, out. Yeah, that's always fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so college football, I mean, seeing some of these uh, games, not even just the ones that, that we didn't pick, these honorable mentions and stuff, they're getting me excited. Like Auburn, LSU, uh, even Kentucky, Georgia should be exciting. That's an SEC fan to watch. Uh, Florida, LSU is always a dogfight. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas. Like, I think you know, Syracuse is playing Clemson again this yeah, year, so we'll see if they can take them down this time. That's uh, number week three, I think, the top mm-hmm. game there. Yeah, so that's, you know, obviously Clemson. But I, I won't talk about too much about college football, but I just want to say that looking at these games uh, has got me excited uh, for, for week one. Uh, so... Now we're going to move on to talk about some current events, and I'll start by letting Eric talk about a DraftKings lineup that he recently competed in. So, Yeah, so I did a NASCAR lineup last, last week. I believe they were in Chicago. Yes, it was Chicagoland. Yeah, so Zach's got my lineup up here on the screen. This ended up being a really good performance for me in NASCAR this time. Uh, the last time I covered when I did a DraftKings with NASCAR, I did place in the money. I got second out of four, but it was really more so because third and fourth place did really bad with their lineups. But this week I dominated. I came in first and... Second place, I guess, was kind of close, but third and fourth were way down there. So, yeah, as you can, Zach's now putting the scores up on the screen. So I finished with 307. Second place had 270. And then third with 233 and fourth with 191. So overall, in the grand scheme of things, my lineup was really good here. And then going back to my uh, lineup, I had Alex Bowman, and this ended up, being a really fortunate pick for me I wasn't necessarily planning to pick him at first but then I read a lot of reports that said he had had one of the fastest cars in practice and things like that and I'm actually I'm gonna give a shout out to my co-worker Jesse who told me he had heard a lot of good things about him as well and that he was a good driver and he said, you got to pick him, man. And I said, okay, you know what? 
what the heck, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So I picked him and he ended up winning the race, led several laps, got me 94 points. Harvick, while he dropped 12 places from starting in second to finishing 14th, he led a lot of laps as well, had some fastest laps. So he got me a good score. Joey Logano and Ricky Stenhouse, they improved a lot from their starting position. So they got me a lot of points. So just overall, it really could not have gone any better for me. So I was very happy with the results of this lineup and the two weeks in a row that I've won, I will be doing uh, another DraftKings for the race on Saturday, but they haven't done qualifying yet. So I don't like to the mid season classic at Daytona. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't I've been hearing commercials to, like every day. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't like to make a lineup without knowing where the drivers are qualified though. Cause that always greatly affects who I pick. So, but I will maybe like when after I make my lineup, I'll share it on Twitter or something so that you guys can see who I pick. So, but yeah, so overall, good week in NASCAR for me. I'll take it. Well, and more notes on the NASCAR race. I mean, thing for Alex Bowman winning the race. That was Alex Bowman's first win of his career, and it was actually it was a good weekend for Hendrick Motorsports to start with because they've kind of been you know. Hendrick Motorsports is one of the famous teams in NASCAR. You know, it's Jimmy Johnson's team. It's Jeff Gordon's team. And they've been struggling this year. And so to have Alex Bowman win the race and then Jimmy Johnson get his first top five of the year, finishing fourth, it's a step in the right direction. And it's a step in the right direction for the Chevrolets, who are really suffering to the Ford cars right now, especially the Penske drivers of Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski, who finished third and fifth. So... Big, big race for the Chevrolets and big race for Hendrick Motorsports to try and get back into the championship. And kind of interesting seeing Kyle Busch finishing 22nd with the year that he's had. So glad I didn't pick him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, he started 17th, so there wasn't, I guess there wasn't high expectations. But still, with the year that he's been having, it's pretty odd seeing him outside even the top 20. And so... Moving on to the Women's World Cup for everybody out there who's been following it. We've been following it every podcast since it started. And the U.S. women in the finals against the Netherlands. That game is going to be on Sunday at 11 o'clock. I think tomorrow at 11 o'clock is going to be England versus Sweden to see who gets third place. And I, I, I just don't see any way the United States doesn't win this game. I mean... And Megan Rapinoe is going to be back in this game. She sat out the last game due to a hamstring injury. She's going to be back. And I just don't see any way. There's all these articles that I've read about, oh, don't count out the Netherlands. Don't count out the Netherlands. They still have a chance. But I don't think they have a chance. I mean, not just because we're <laughs> Americans. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lock. I'm not going to double lock it, but I'm going to lock the oh. U.S. Winning, Dang, winning the game. I, I don't see any way the Netherlands. I don't, I don't can know win. too much about the Netherlands, so I don't want to. Well, they know, were. This, yeah, they were one of the teams that, because going in, the U.S. were the favorites, obviously, and mm-hmm. then the other two teams that they were talking about were Germany and France, which they they're both out now. And then I think the Netherlands and England were kind of in that third tier, like U.S. first tier. Germany and France in the second tier, and then Netherlands and England in the third tier. So, And the other thing about the Netherlands is that they really haven't had to play anybody too difficult to get 
to where they're at right now. I mean, they had to play Japan, who they won the World Cup in the past, but they weren't the team they you know have been. And then they had got had to play Italy and Sweden. So, which Sweden's a decent team, but they haven't had to take the treacherous path that the United States has had to take going through Spain and France and England. So that's even more reason why I think the U S there's no way they're going to lose. Awesome. Well, that's, that's good news to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Woo America. (laughs) USA. USA. (laughs) So I'll let, I'll let Eric comment on this story here. Yeah. I just, I heard about this yesterday crazy story man about dolphins defensive tackle kendrick norton um i don't remember the details of exactly how the accident happened i'm sure it said but basically though because i guess his arm was stuck or something as a result of the car crash and they had to amputate his arm in order for him to be able to survive it was really crazy and he suffered other injuries as well they haven't i haven't seen all the details on all of his other injuries but just crazy story man and this is just stuff that you hate to hear in sports and just small world too man because i didn't know this at the time because of course i'm much older than him so you know i didn't know him but he played football at the same high school that I went to in Jacksonville, uh, Trinity Christian, and I did not know that until I read this article, but it's really crazy and unfortunate because obviously his career is over before it even really started. I mean, he's only 22 years old, and you just hate hearing stuff like this. I feel really bad for him. I hope he is able to make a full recovery, but uh, sad news there for sure. I hated hearing that when I read about that. He obviously, even which I mean, he was expected to fight for, you know, to make a roster spot. You know, most people probably didn't even know who he was before this. But in any sport or any situation, even if it's like a rival or something, you hate to see like an injury or something, especially something like this that's going to ruin his career. So, um. You know, my prayers and thoughts are with him and his family. And I, you know, while I know he's never going to be able to play football again, I hope he's able to make a full recovery, which that's, I guess, the one good news is that I've heard from the story is that he is expected to, you know, recover and ultimately be okay. But obviously his football career is over, which sucks. So I, you know, wish nothing but the best for him. I hope he turns out all right in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking, like, you know, July 4th was yesterday, and a couple of years ago, Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, a much more famous player with the Giants, uh, had an accident with his finger uh, with fireworks and stuff. And, I mean, I remember that being huge news at the time. This has made some news source outlets and stuff, but I think, unfortunately, since this guy just isn't well-known, there hasn't been too much said about him, you know, but... Definitely a sad story for sure. <clears throat> so. Moving on to a semi more positive note. <laughs> um, so we're last. The last thing we're going to talk about is Formula One race at Austria, the Red Bull Ring, home of Red Bull Racing. 
Um, and lucky for them, their their guy, Max Verstappen from Red Bull Racing, he won the race. And interesting, this is the first win this season by a non-Mercedes driver. So at least for all the fans out there, they're getting to see someone different win, finally. But this was this race was also not without controversy, as uh, we're talking about Charles Leclerc, who is the Ferrari driver. He's he's kind of the second driver on Team Ferrari. Sebastian Vettel's really the first driver, but he was already out of the race by this point. Leclerc, he had a tremendous weekend. He finished on he started on pole at the start of the weekend. He qualified first, and he was pretty well dominating the race. And Verstappen. Towards the end, he had a better car and was trying to get past him. And they were going into a turn, and Verstappen overdrove the corner a little bit, and he basically ended up pushing Leclerc off the track. And that's how he ended up getting by. It wasn't a clean pass by any stretch of the imagination, but he ended up pushing Leclerc off the track, and that's how he got around. And so, obviously, after the race, Leclerc was saying, hey, you need to penalize this guy. I mean, you know, that was completely uncalled for. He needs a time penalty. And it apparently took the stewards about three hours to decide what they wanted to do. <laughs> oh, man, and, this is serious. Yeah, <laughs> it took them three hours, and they eventually <laughs> determined that they were not going to penalize Verstappen, and Verstappen was going to keep the race win, which, for obviously for Verstappen and all the Red Bull racing people, that's very happy and excited, but it once again goes back to the frustrations that team Ferrari has had this year. You know, they had that race a few weeks ago at Canada where Sebastian Vettel won the race, but he got penalized. He had that five second penalty for his incident with Hamilton. And so that took away that race victory. And now in their eyes, they just had another race victory stolen away from them. So going to be interesting to see where they go from here. And one interesting, another last interesting point talking about that this was the first race that Mercedes hasn't won. This is actually the first race that Mercedes hasn't even had a driver in the top two. Valtteri Bottas finished third. He was the highest finisher. And championship leader Lewis Hamilton finished fifth. But they were saying that this track in particular actually gave, exposed a lot of the flaws or the flaw in the Mercedes car, which is they don't do well in hot weather. Hot weather, hot race tracks. For some reason, the cars just can't perform. And you, when you're racing in an inland place like Austria, stuff like that's going to happen. It shouldn't be a big issue when they go to the next race at, in England, since England's surrounded by water and it's not too hot. But when they start going to Hungary, which is a few races from now, the Hungarian Grand Prix, another inland European country, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and if their cars suffer the same problem that they had in Austria. So very interesting stuff in Formula yeah. One, obviously mounting frustration for Ferrari. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to call it now for Mercedes hashtag exposed. <laughs> <laughs> well, crazy. You said three hours in Connor. I thought, NFL refs were slow, but oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought you're not talking about NFL. I'm talking about I thought NBA refs were slow. Yeah, well, I know college basketball refs uh, yeah. were slow a lot too, but man, like any basketball, football ref, you know, the game itself might not even take three hours, let alone their review. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the race probably took like two and a half hours. So. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy that it took so long to decide, and then eventually there was no, you know, 
no, it just stood the same. No penalty. No, nothing changed. So with that being yeah. said, guys, um, no rant this week for Eric. Yeah, what, yeah. I, well, I I almost went in on those websites where I was looking at the information about the Kings and the Pacers because the website for the Kings said that they got better, and the website for the Pacers said they got worse, and. I couldn't disagree with either, with any more with either of them, but I guess I'm just in a better mood right now, so I it didn't trigger me that. <laughs> Eric's much. not his usual <laughs> angry self. I'm not as angry today, but I also just before we go off the air too, just uh, you know, I hope you guys that listen to these videos, I hope you guys are enjoying the current events because I mean, even for me, just you know, who never watches Formula One racing, for example, I've actually enjoyed learning about these races and you know some of these controversies that have happened it's pretty entertaining stuff like i you know and i wouldn't have known this stuff without connor providing it in the current events so for those of you that are listening to these you know when we talk about sports maybe you might not enjoy as much i hope you know you're getting some information out of it or learning something cool or whatever i so I, I I enjoy doing the current events, but yeah, no, no rant this time. We'll have to see what happens in the next episode. Maybe I'll something will trigger me by then. <laughs> Ka- Ka- Kawhi signing with the Lakers, maybe. Oh, uh, which I mean, I've, I've already rant, dude. I could rant about that for a whole hour, like <laughs> if that next, happens. Next show is just going to be a, a rant show. <laughs> yeah, if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, we're going to devote a whole episode to. Uh, me ranting about the Lakers and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> it, it's, it's not even going to be Zach and I. It's just going to be Eric on his own. Yeah. One hour. So yeah, what's up, guys? I'm going solo today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Um, so thank you to everybody who's listened, made it this far into the show. Uh, just some news for the channel and some updates. We are going to be posting a poll on Twitter to go vote. And the poll is going to be, which NFL division do you want us to cover first? Going uh, to the NFL, guys. <laughs> yep, we're moving over to NFL talk. Uh, football season's still a few months away, but we do want to talk a little bit about our, you know, give we want to give a significant amount of time to, to discussing each team. So we are going to try and do one division per episode. So we're just going to have you guys vote. Every division will be covered and every team will be covered. But we do want you guys to vote whichever division's getting yeah, the most we're gonna, interesting. We're going to start with the NFC. So between the yeah. NFC East, West, North, and South, which one do you want us to cover first? So yep. I'll, I'll so, make a poll on that. So be, be sure to check that out. Yep. Vote on Twitter. Yeah, It's always on Twitter. Twitter is the main platform uh, we are on. We are on Facebook. Obviously, if you leave a YouTube comment, we will see it. But uh, but we're transitioning from NBA now to you know college and NFL, and so that that's going to be the primary focus of the next few episodes. Are going to be NFL division talk. So, with that being said, guys, hope everybody had a great Fourth of July, and. We'll catch you all next time. See you later. Peace.